In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Imagine living a life where you always have someone at your tail. At every single moment in your life, you have someone that hates you with the deepest kind of hatred. And he's a powerful person. And he has manipulative authority and can trick you at, every, at any moment if you're not careful. And at every moment, he's after you. Imagine living a life like that. We don't have to imagine it too much. This is what St. Peter in the New Testament says is actually a true statement about our lives. Where he says, your adversary, your enemy, the devil, is a roaring lion always seeking someone to devour. That's in the Bible. And yet we don't live this way. We don't live as if we have an enemy always on our tail. I'm not saying that we should live in fear. I'm not saying that we should live constantly in hiding with a kind of paranoia or something like that. I'm saying I think we have lulled ourselves too much to the real spiritual things that are constantly going on in a materialistic society, a philosophy that we live in today, the culture tells us all that is real is what we see. All that is real is what we feel. All that is real is what we can taste and sense with our senses. And yet that's not nearly the truth. Certainly that's not the biblical worldview. That's a brand new idea. This is a brand new idea in human history that the only thing that is real is the things that we can feel. That's a brand new idea. Every single culture, whether Catholic or not, that's lived before us has always believed in some kind of supernatural activity that's constantly going on around us, and it's true. St. Peter, your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion always seeking someone to devour. What is he seeking to do? How is it that the devil, who is always on our tail, how is it that the devil is seeking to devour us? What is his methodology? If we live within a war, not knowing that we're, with, that we're in a war, we are guaranteed to lose. Any good war strategy is always going to try to play a hide and seek kind of game. Any kind of war strategy is always going to try to disguise themselves, camouflage themselves, do all kinds of things so that they can jump and attack by surprise because it's an easier catch that way. But if the soldiers on the other side don't even know, they're not even aware that they're in a war, they don't even know that they're in a battle, they don't even know that there's an enemy out there just right across the field trying to kill them and they're powerful and they have really big guns, they're going to be devoured. And too often, I think, Catholics in the modern age live that way, lulled away from the realities of the spiritual life. What is it that the devil tries to do to us? Because he's not always on the attack. We're not Padre Pio. He's not sending dogs our way or something like that. 
The devil is going to try to attack us from within. And he's going to whisper in our ears some kind of embellishment, a word of trickery, some kind of snare. And he's going to tell us, like he did with Adam and Eve, something like, maybe God is not so good to you. Don't you see what's going on in your life? Is it fair? Would a good God allow you to get fired at your job? Would a good God allow you to have difficulty making ends meet? Would a good God allow you to fail in this or that project? Would a good God allow you to endure heartbreak, maybe a disease? Would a good God take away a beloved person from your life? maybe at an early age. Would a good God do these things? That's, these are the things that the devil is going to say. These are the whisperings of Satan. On a little bit of a deeper level that hits more to the core of every human being, the devil will tell us, it's, maybe it's not that God is not good enough. You are not good enough. You are not worthy of God's love. You know why good things don't happen to you all the time? Because you are bad because you've sinned, because in your sins you've disfigured yourself and now you're an ugly creature, unworthy of the goodness and the graces of Almighty God. See, people even tell you that. Don't people on social media criticize you? Don't people around you say, how could you have done this? Why do they do this? Don't people talk behind your back? Don't you feel abandoned? That must be because you don't belong. It must be because you're not good enough for other people. Something is wrong with you. Sometimes he'll even use the mouths of other people to say these kinds of things. And so we live in an age today, for example, where young people are facing levels of anxiety completely disproportionate to any previous generation that we can measure. Levels of depression that blows any other generation before us out of the water. Levels of stress that's unheard of. I've, I'm hearing, as a priest, I'm hearing stories, and this is not an exaggeration, I'm hearing stories regularly about eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds, having panic attacks and going to therapy these days. I'll tell you a statistic, and I'm sorry to say it, but suicide in the United States has so skyrocketed in just the last five years that it's actually lowered the average life expectancy of Americans. That's staggering. Why all this? Well, because we have one who is like a roaring lion, an adversary, like a roaring lion, always seeking to devour us. And we're lulling ourselves away, pretending like everything is all good. Not prepared for battle, not guarding ourselves with the armor of God the way that St. Paul tells us to, not taking the precautionary steps that any soldier entering a battle must do. 
and it's created darkness upon darkness upon darkness because the word of Satan is constantly in our ear whispering to us and we're believing him. Not many know this, but the word Satan is not actually a proper name. It's become kind of a proper name in the Christian tradition. But in the Old Testament, it's a, it's a Hebrew word, satana. It's the same as it is in Chaldean. Satana, Satan, is the Satan, which means the accuser. Satan is the accuser. So if you read the book of Job in the Old Testament, for example, it's a kind of, let's say, a parable, in all likelihood, a parable about the spiritual life and the, the mystery of evil that exists among us, especially among good people. And Satan and God have this conversation, and Satan says, well, if you give me some power to harm this righteous man, Job, a little bit, then he'll, he'll blaspheme you. And so Satan is constantly doing things to Job, trying to get him to say something against God so that Satan can go in and then accuse Job to God of sin. That's the devil whispering in our ear, convincing us, you're not good enough, you're too ugly, you're too short, you're too tall, you're not lovable, people don't like you, look at what they say about you. You're lonely, you're lonely because you don't belong to other people. You're abandoned and it's your fault. It's because you're not loved by others because of some deficiency in you. And then we'll do something in reaction to that We'll give in to our anxiety. We'll give in to our sadness and our depression. We'll give in to our anger, commit a sin, and then the devil will look at God and say, look what he, look what he did. And it happens on such a universal level that darkness overcomes more darkness, which overcomes more darkness. All because the word of the accuser goes out into every single ear, enters the heart, and we believe him. What do we do in the face of so much darkness? What do we do in the face of an adversary like that? We do nothing. <laughs> but God does. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Why is that? The devil is planting the seed of his word in the hearts of every human being, discouraging them, breaking them down, oppressing them through interior misery. But God has a word also, and that word is eternal. That word created the world. That word made all things. That word is light. That word is life. And that word became flesh. That word is Jesus Christ. And that word speaks to us too. And that word tells us, this is my body, take and eat of it. This is my blood, take this and drink of it and you will have eternal life. That word says, I am the good shepherd. Whoever follows me will not be lost. Whoever follows me will, will walk in the light. That word says, 
My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They recognize the voice of their shepherd and they follow him. I know my sheep one by one and I know them by their name. That word calls out to every single one of us and gives us life. Let's believe that word because that word says, if you are tired, if you are, heavy, if you are burdened, come to me, I am meek and humble of heart and I will give you rest for your souls. That word says, I love you so, with such an infinite love that I'm dying for you. That's how much you're worth. That's how good you are. That's how beautiful you are. That's how God sees you. You are beloved. Don't listen to the false snaring and lies of the words of Satan. Listen to the word of God. The word of God which says you are created in his image and for glory in eternal life with him. The word of God that says I go to prepare a place for you in my father's house. The word that says I will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Don't worry, just believe this word. Listen to this word, hear this word, and draw life from this word. So, we are in a spiritual battle. And we have to stop pretending like we're not. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, always seeking someone to devour, but God is always planting his own seed in your heart as well. Now start paying more attention and start making the distinction in your own mind. Who's speaking to me? Is it God or the devil? Who's telling me that my sins, which I've confessed, I'm still guilty for, I should still be ashamed for? Who's the one telling me that I'm not good enough? Who's the one telling me and convincing me that I'm not lovable? Who's the one telling me that I'm abandoned? Who's the one telling me that I should be so afraid of these possible outcomes? I should be so afraid in my life that I'm petrified and I really can't emotionally handle it. Who's the one telling me that it's not worth, that my life is not worth it? Who's the one telling me that I'm not loved? Is that God? No. That's the accuser. Now, listen to the voice of God. Listen to the word of God. Because that word is light. And no matter how much darkness has overcome the world, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not and will not overcome it. Amen.